Well, hi, and welcome back. We are glad to be back here with you. Uh, I'm Bob, joined here with Todd, and this is a Maranatha Bible Church Pastors Podcast. We are coming to you from Comstock Park, just outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we are continuing our series on singleness in the church. Uh, we've looked at four uh, different episodes or different topics of singleness and the church and what that is. And now we're going to start the last two sessions. So this week and next week are going to be more of a Q&A. Um, we had uh, a, we'll just say plethora of questions that were sent in by some singles in the church here. And we are very excited to be able to answer these. Um, this is what we were actually kind of looking for, some more specific targeted questions that we'd be able to answer. Uh, so we're going to do that today. We're going to do about half uh, of them today, then we're going to do about the other half next week, and then we'll start a new um, series talking on the family. Um, so as we get started with this here today, we're going to answer the first one, and you have some thoughts on this, right? Um, and so the first question being, because we were talking about dating, and apparently um, we don't have many ladies going to sleep at the feet of men's beds, which I think is good. Uh, this is good. <laughs> not not following uh, Ruth's example. Right, not following Ruth's example. Yes. So uh, since we don't have ladies doing that, um, they did ask the question. We had the question come in, how should dating happen in the church? So what does that process look like? Um, because one of the quotes we had last week, it's about the person, not the process. But we know that there's still a process that's involved. And so that was the question. Mm. Those people who are intending to date for marriage, what does that process actually look like? Yeah, well, we did a whole podcast on this and we said that there is not a biblical process right. uh, of going from single to married, but there are some biblical principles. And so maybe we can just fill that out just for a moment. Uh, um, so we, we can't give a definitive, here's exactly what a process looks like. Um, right. uh, there's going to be... it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Right. Uh, so... Uh, but th th maybe we need to say, it. first of all, th there's going to be an awkwardness uh, going from single to married no matter what process you use because mm. you're kind of, you know, trying to feel each other out and you're trying to navigate this relationship and you're trying to figure out, is it is the Lord in this? Is he moving you together? And, and so there is a little bit of an awkwardness. So if you're looking for... Uh, you know, give me the easy one, two, three steps and make this as you know, simple as possible. It's not quite that simple. Mm. There's a number of dynamics that go into that. But let's just take for a moment, for the sake of argument, that you're, you're a single and there's another single in the church and, and um, you've noticed each other. Maybe you're serving together in ministry or you've seen this person, uh, they're, they're in the same church and, and uh, you notice them and you start to kind of observe them from a distance and you see uh, they're a believer. You're pretty confident of that. They love the church. They're, they're serving the church. You're, you're starting to be maybe interested in finding out more about them. And, and let's say um, there's an initiation of a relationship there and, and something starts to develop and now you begin a, let's call it a dating relationship. Um, so what does that process look like? And I think there's just a few things that maybe you want to sort through here. First, you have to know what constitutes biblical love. Um, this is not a, a time to be infatuated. It's not a time to be a, enamored with someone just physically. This isn't a junior high romance. Uh, one of the questions you're, you're kind of wrestling through and thinking through at that point, at this point is, am I willing to 
to love this person biblically? Uh, am I willing to die to myself? Am I willing to choose to serve them? Am I uh, going to be able to um, love them as Christ has called me to love them with an agape kind of love? So uh, you have to sort through those emotions. This is not just this simple physical attraction. It's you're also just assessing, is there a biblical kind of love here? So I think that's one thing you're looking for. Another thing you're doing in the process of this interaction, this relationship, is you're beginning to talk. And you're beginning to talk about things that you're trying to sort out a little bit. Is this person someone I want to marry? And so a key part of that process, however you define that process, no matter what you're doing, if you're going out on dates or if you're just serving and talking after this service or or if you're being more intentional, whatever that is, you're, you're talking. And you're starting to talk more about uh, spiritual things. You're starting to talk about um, what you're interested in in life. You're starting to talk about uh, what your hopes and desires are for marriage and family. And all of those things are starting to come out. And so there, there's conversation that, that's taking place. And so uh, that's going to be a key element. And I, and I think when you're talking about those kinds of things, there's some elements of communication that, that come out. So just re- very quickly, in Ephesians chapter 4, you're going to sp- speak verbally uh, to one another. So laying aside falsehood, verse 25, he says, speak truth. So you're going to speak. You have to speak. You have to talk to one another. There has to be a willingness to engage each other in conversation. So you're going to speak verbally. Then he says in verse 25, speak truth. You're going to speak truthfully to one another. So you're telling each other truthful things. You're not trying to put on airs. You're not trying to... Um, impress someone. Uh, You're not trying to just kind of sugarcoat everything. No, you're speaking truthfully about uh, the troubles and trials and struggles of life. So you're speaking verbally. You're speaking honestly. You're also speaking frequently. Verse 26 and 27, don't let the anger, uh, don't let the sun go down in your anger. So you're you're, you're talking frequently. Um, And and then lastly, you're you're speaking kindly to one another. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, uh, but such a word is good for edification. So there's a lot of conversation going on. You're, You're just getting to know each other. Mm. You're having um, lots of talks and and that's just normal. And that's going to be a a key part of that process. Then one other thing I would mention is uh, you're going to be seeking godly counsel in the midst of this relationship. So you don't want to exclusively pair off and isolate yourself from the church and isolate yourself from people who know you well. Uh, You want godly input in this. Mm. I always get concerned when I see people in the church start dating and then they pull back from the church. No, they they need the body of Christ more than ever in right. that time and, and godly counsel. So, you know, you're, you're looking at godly women and men and you're asking godly couples to give you some insight. And maybe the woman's talking to a godly woman and the man is talking to a godly man. And there's this kind of, um, you know, wisdom in a multitude of counselors kind of thing Proverbs talks about that's going on. So that's just kind of generically what it looks like. And, and again, in the midst of all of that, God is going to be working and he's either going to clarify that this is a relationship that should move forward or it's going to become very clear that it shouldn't move forward and, and you cease that relationship. So uh, there's a whole lot more we could say, and that's probably sure. way too simplistic, but I don't know, what are some thoughts you have just on that whole process? I think that's going to bleed over even as you were speaking to some of the questions exactly. we're going to be dealing with. So I, I think uh, I think that's a really good place to start. Um, and, and I think uh, <clears throat> personally just realizing that there's not a book, chapter, and verse on how it's supposed to go. So if you're if you're trying to fit a man or a woman into a pattern, it's just not going to work. Right. Um, but I think the principles that you gave are fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, so that was question number one. Question number two that we're going to look at, and each one of these questions has 
a lot of other questions built into them. Great. I love it. <laughs> so we do love it. Great questions. Um, and uh, it's good because it gives us a little deeper uh, stuff to think about. But it says, uh, and this is, I think, fantastic. Being we're in the 21st century, um, we've wondered who should really be making the first move, right? And so I'm this within this question here, I'm going to break this down into three aspects. Aspect number one, who makes the first move with regards to dating? Aspect number two, which was in this question, who uh, makes the first moves with regard to what we call the DTR, right? Defining the relationship. Right. And then number three, who makes the first move with regards to marriage? We would say the proposal, right? Yeah. Um, and so those, those three areas. Now, Traditionally, that has uh, that has always been the man, um, and you know you'll you'll hear well, if my wife wouldn't have proposed, then we wouldn't have gotten married. But we're so happy now, right? Or whatever kind of uh, string line you, you, you give there. Um, so first and foremost, with regards to marriage, is it a, or with regards to dating? So we'll start with dating, then we'll go to engagement, then we'll we'll go um, you know the defining the hard questions uh, with regards to dating. So somebody comes up, you have daughters, I have a daughter, and your daughter wants to date somebody, but he's not coming and asking her. Do you tell her, hey, why don't you go ask him out? No. Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so what you're getting at here is, and this is the question, we know of plenty, plenty of single women who actually initiated things with their now spouses, and the guys are happy that they did. I'm sure they are. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so let, let's, let's kind of diagnose this a little bit. Are there some relationships where a woman has initiated a relationship with a man and maybe asked him out on the first date and said she was interested and they got to know each other and in the end they got married and, and they have a great marriage and everything's fine? Sure. Of course, I, I, there's certainly those kinds of scenarios and um, perhaps we can all know maybe a few people that that's happened that way but i i think we would say that's not the norm right and i would say particularly in the church that probably should not be the norm and uh you know you and i were talking a little bit beforehand um it seems like there's a pretty clear pattern in scripture of the man the the male initiating and i think we can theologically support that mm. Um, who created? Who was created first? Adam or Eve? Well, it was Adam who was created first. Right. And why was Eve created? She was created for man. Uh, and how was Eve created? She was created from man. Um, and who did God speak to in the garden when they sinned? He spoke to the man. Mm. So... Um, so you put all that together, then you add in there Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives, and this whole idea of spiritual headship and spiritual leadership. I, I just think we have to say that it's probably not the best case scenario for a relationship, particularly between two believers, to begin with a woman initiating that. Mm. Um, and the reason I, I say that is because if that's how that relationship begins, then does that somehow set the tone and the tenor for the rest of that relationship? And unfortunately, I, I think there are men that want to abdicate that responsibility. Mm. They're happy to let the woman have the reins, and they it's easier that way. They don't have to feel the pressure and the weight, but I believe God has built us as men to be initiators, to be leaders. And so I, I would say, first of all, to the men, the single men in our church, I would say, 
don't let the single women in our church or others have to be the initiators. Right. That, that shows something about the caliber of men. Right. Men, you need to initiate. You need to be the one that, that bears that responsibility and feels that weight. And I, I guess I would largely encourage the women, the single women, to, to let that happen. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts as we dive? Yeah, there's two scriptures that came to mind as I read through this, and I'll I'll uh, I'll give you a, a scenario that I I hear a lot of uh, for the opposite because you know you get the biblical counsel of manhood and womanhood, and so they're very for uh, they're very much for the the man going out and doing this. And the, the two things, the two scriptures they really go to is Proverbs 18, um, uh, Proverbs 18:22, and it says, "He who finds a good wife." Uh, finds a good thing. It doesn't say he who waits for a wife to come to him. Good. Uh, it's actually a verb, right? So he who finds. So good. you go back, you look at Proverbs, and the man should be out finding a wife. And then the other one, uh, the other verse that I, I really like, uh, Song of Solomon. Okay, we're not going to spiritualize it. We're just going to read it for <laughs> what it is. And uh, you, you actually see this. And so I, I started reading this this afternoon. I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be something in here. And so Song of Solomon, uh, actually verse uh, chapter 1, verse 4, and it talks about, draw me after you and let us run together. So this is the woman speaking. Mm. And she's saying she wants the man to draw her after him. She doesn't want to go seeking him out. Good. She wants him to say, hey, I want you to come and get me. And ultimately, that's what you see because then all of a sudden Solomon speaks and you start seeing him. What does he do? He showers her with compliments and how beautiful she is and so on and so forth. So he knows, hey, this is the woman that I want to have. She wants me, but she's waiting. So what does he do? He then takes the initiative and he says, hey, then I'm going to come after you. And we see how Song of Solomon Great. ends, right? Excellent. And so you see that picture. Um, and I, I had this quote and, and I thought this was really good. And, and I, I don't know who said it. I was just reading some various articles online. It said, if a man is interested in anything, nothing will stand in his way to get it. Huh. And, um, and you know, you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, but, you know, looking at the biblical context, y- you see a man, you can go through all the initiation. The one the one thing I saw, and I think this is why it's so important we, we differentiate between church and stories we read in the Old Testament, is because with Ruth, you do see the initiation on Ruth's part, right? She goes and lays at the feet of, of Boaz. But then what do you see Boaz do? And this he is what people... He took the lead. He took the lead. He initiated. So that... Because yeah. nobody wants to continue the story. Yeah. Like, look, Ruth did the initiative. But then he's like, oh, hey, wait a minute. So what does he do? He gets his ducks in a row, as it were. There's another kinsman, closer kinsman redeemer. So he goes and initiates the contact with that person. That's right. Then he fi- finds out that that person's not interested. And so he's the one who pursues and initiates the rest of the relationship. That's right. And so, yeah, I, I would firmly agree as well that uh, instead of waiting for... Uh, a woman to come to you. Um, if that's the woman you want to be with, go and talk to her. And all those steps that you said at the beginning, how's that process go? That's the guy who has to go and do that. And as you said, and I think it's so key, it sets the tenor for the entire relationship. Yeah. Because then if you're always waiting for your wife to take that initiative, that's not leading. That's not. That's actually giving away your responsibilities that God's given you as a man. So you bring in Ephesians chapter 5 where it says wives be subject to your husbands. Right. Uh, There you have a picture of headship and submission. And then the very next section it says husbands nourish and cherish your wife. In other words, she's responding to that. That's right. 
she, she, God has built within a woman, in a sense, to be a responder. And when, when her husband nourishes and cherishes her, she flourishes. And so the question you want to ask is, do you want to reverse those roles right at the very beginning? Right. And we're saying, no, I don't think it's wise yeah. for that to happen. Yeah. So I think that's a good question. Now, that's dating. And now with regard to asking the hard questions. So you want to define the relationship. You've been dating for six months. And the girl's like, I don't really know where this is going. Is it right for her to say, hey, buddy, <laughs> let's let's put some definitions here on this relationship. Is this going to go anywhere? Are you thinking marriage? Is this the path we're going down? Or do I need to kick you to the curb and find some other guy? Right. <laughs> I know that's quite blunt. Yeah. But, you know, the point is, is it right for the woman to go and say, hey, let's let's get some parameters? Well, go here. back to that that process that I talked about just a few minutes ago. Mm. What's a key part of that process? It's communication. communication. Yeah. And communication is not a one way street. Communication is a two way street. Right. So. Um, I don't think it's necessarily wrong for a woman to say, hey, where's this going? Right. What, what are you thinking? I, I'm, I'm curious. What are your thoughts about what the future of this relationship is? She's not leading that. Right. She's just, in a sense, wanting to be informed. She wants to know how her heart needs to respond to him. Mm. Um, she's being wise. If he's got zero intention of, of really making that, you know, and pursuing that, if it's just kind of a more of a recreational thing, well, she needs to know that. Right. She's not going to give her heart to, a godly woman's not going to give her heart to that kind of guy. She needs to know that. So she needs some information to be able to know how to uh, make some decisions and respond in a godly way. Uh, now, I do think that the man, again, still needs to be the one initiating that and saying, hey, there's just kind of what I'm thinking. Here's my intentions. And a godly man will say, um, listen, I'm not in this for recreation. I'm in this to test the waters for marriage, and I want to get to know you, and uh, my goal here is to see if the Lord would have us be married. A godly man is going to start the relationship that way and continue it that way. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong for a woman to say, hey, you know, we've been dating six months or a year, and um, just wondering what you sense the Lord doing here, and that, that's okay. It's okay yeah. to have that conversation. Yeah, that's good, because the alternative is, what, do you just stay with a guy for years? wondering what's going on like yeah i would agree yeah and then obviously with regards to marriage and proposing we would obviously say that the man's gotta yeah like <laughs> it just flows out of everything yeah, that we just absolutely. talked about you that's know, the I, fruit of everything else yeah right yeah. okay i would say to a woman if you feel like you need to propose you need to pack your parachute and bail yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. probably not a relationship that you want to be in if yeah. you feel like you're the one always pushing it and driving it and and have to be actually the one proposing no that 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 goes against biblical principles because the the sad thing is is if it does go down that path there's already some other stuff that's not right and if you do end up getting married your marriage isn't going to change those things because he's gotten away with it for x amount of months already he's not going to change and you're not going to change as a female you're going to continue to enable that and then your marriage is going to be based upon some just unhealthy stuff yeah in other words another way to say that is nothing really changes at the altar. No. I mean, you, you can make a covenant and you say, I do, and now you're legally and um, biblically married. Right. But there's not this magic wand that's waved over you at the, right. at the altar. You, you are the same person uh, after that covenant as you were before it. And it's, right. Now, God is growing and sanctifying and maturing and all of that, but don't expect there to be a sudden change of how that relationship operates uh, from after the wedding to, from before the wedding to after the wedding. Right. So, yeah. 
And so that's question number one, which we uh, spent quite a bit of time <laughs> on. <laughs> so question number two, and we'll probably end with this one. Uh, question number two is how do women, uh, particularly women is, was the question, how do women protect their hearts in the initial stage of when a guy is trying to get to know them? So uh, we know that ladies, they get into a relationship, they want to protect their heart um, uh, biologically the way that God made us. Women are more apt to give their heart away sooner than what a man is. And uh, what are some boundaries or what are some, uh, what, what are some things they can do to make sure, uh, whether it be in conversation um, uh, with, a, with a man, to make sure that they're not falling in, giving their heart away at the early stages, when those early communication stages of the relationship how can they guard themselves? Yeah, that's a good question. Great question. Yeah, I like that question. I, I would say it's no different than anything else. It's you, you, a godly woman's going to guard her heart at all times. Mm. So uh, she's guarding her heart through high school. She's not giving her heart away to some ninth grade crush. Right. Um, she's guarding her heart through college or those early uh, late teens and early 20s years where she knows that she needs to protect her heart. Uh, for the right man to come along. So in a sense, it's no different. Now there's an actual person involved here, and there's conversations, and there's communication, and there's a, a relationship that's developing. Um, but she's also being careful. She wants to protect her heart, and the way she does that is the way she's always done that. Uh, she does what Philippians 4, 8 says. She thinks on what's right and true. So is it right and true, has he proposed? Well, no, he hasn't proposed yet. Hmm. Um, have you even talked about marriage? Have you even had some significant conversations along those lines? Well, if that's not the case, then a godly woman's not going to let her heart go down that road. She's going to protect it. She's hmm. going to keep it close. It's a Proverbs 4.23 issue. Keep watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. So she's going to diligently guard her heart. And that may be difficult. This hmm. may be a test of her own sanctification and holiness and the Lord may want to grow her in this and and her heart may just be exploding and she's mush and she's ready to have this relationship go to the next level but who's sovereignly in control of that relationship the Lord is yeah. and he's hopefully going to work through the man to 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 orchestrate that so a godly woman is just going to She's going to do what she's always done. She's going to take her thoughts captive. She's not going to let her emotions drive that relationship. She's going to um, think on what's true and right about where that relationship is. And as that progresses, if it becomes more and more clear that it's developing and it's coming closer and she knows he's had a conversation with her father, mm. well, then her heart starts to open up a little bit more. And then when the question comes, will you marry me? Now her heart's almost fully open right. because now there's a commitment. And so it's just gauging the levels of the relationship. Very early on, you have to protect it diligently. And as that relationship progresses, then her heart can go more towards that. But she has to know at what place that relationship is in terms of knowing how far to let her heart go. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you don't share things. Right. Because you're, you are guarding your heart and you are, you're not putting up walls, but you're, you're also saying, look, you don't have my heart until I know the intentions. And the only way you can know the intentions is by communicating with each other. Right. And uh, my, my, uh, my thought was exactly what you said, is that 2 Corinthians 5, we are taking every thought captive. And so as you're taking those thoughts captive, you're saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, why do I want... Why do I want this to work out into marriage? And is it because I see 
this man leading me, I see this man helping me grow in grace and knowledge, or is it because I'm 35 years old and I don't think I'm going to ever get married, or I really want to have kids, so I need to get married. So you're... The, the intentions of why you want that, I think, are very, very important. Those can become idols. And they can become idols. Even good things can <clears throat> become idols. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden you're substituting um, that real kind of biblical love for something just to make sure that you can get what you want. Right. Um, and so finding contentment in Christ first and foremost. And the amazing thing is, is when a single godly man meets a single godly woman who's like that, he's going to be even that much more attracted to her because he sees Christ through her. He sees her diligently studying the word. He sees her diligently serving at the church. He sees her diligently having fellowship with other with other believers. And he says, man, this is the woman that I really want to be with. So I've heard it said, you know, a woman needs to maintain some mystery. I would say so. Uh, and she needs to she needs to hold her heart back. If she's just all out there, if right. everything's out on the table and she's ready to get married after the second date, that that's not attractive <laughs> right. to a man. Right. A godly man's going to want to take things slow and and uh, she needs to hold those cards a little bit closer initially um, so yeah that's important I think yeah don't uh, don't pick out the color of your house on your first date <laughs> right? so no I think that's very good and uh, you know also uh, and I reading through Song of Solomon again right in Song of Solomon 8 and, and I like what she says here do not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases yeah you know, and so you need to make sure that you're you're holding on to that. And then it goes on to, to show it the man. Then the man initiates that, and they know they're coming together. They're married now. Now all of that comes to fruition. Right. And so you do have you have the pre-dating kind of heart. You have the dating engaged heart, and then you have the full-blown now we're married heart. Exactly. And you just need to make sure that you're you're holding on to those. Exactly. Things. Yeah. Well, I hope that was helpful. Um, our time is up, but uh, we will continue on through these questions next week and uh, hopefully uh, be able to help you guys out in some way. And, and I would also encourage parents, if you have single kids, teenagers especially, you know, using some of this to say, hey, uh, here's some information with for you regarding dating and what that looks like. We'll talk about that as we move on even more uh, with the family stuff as well. So anyway, if you guys have any more questions, please feel free to email us. Uh, we're more than happy to field those and we'll, uh, we'll look at them and hopefully be able to answer them uh, as we do these. So I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the week and we'll see you next time.